This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Hallowell and Chris Field, the Church Boys. From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. I hate these guys. You're so weird. So, we're back. Let me let me take a little sip of my Gatorade here. That's not awkward silence at all. Could you not hear that? Sounded like uh, a, it sounded like a I, water pipe, and I apologize. I didn't hear it. Oh, okay, sorry. Anyway, so we're, we are uh, we are back from the um, from the the the, um, the cancer ward. Uh, no, we were out last week. Well, I was out last week, and and then Billy. You know, Billy, <clears throat> we ought to really have a segment on your technological expertise. I think. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> last week's so the last week. We we owe an explanation to the to our tens of fans out there clamoring to know what was going on last week and why there was no show posted. Um because so, you had the plague. Because I had the plague. I've been uh I have been ill for the last two and a half weeks, three weeks. And last week it came to a head and um boy, it was not good. It was not it's not the you know, puking and diarrhea stuff. I don't mean to get, you know, graphic, but well, yeah, okay, I did mean that. to I did mean to get graphic. But it wasn't that. It was um it was a serious, very serious bout of the flu, but it was the achy fever stuff. And I have not been that sick in twenty years. Uh so and it was and I literally and, and you know how when you get sick, like you get the, the you, you get this fevered mindset and things. What are you doing right now, by the way? Are you taking a picture of me? Is that possibly what, is that possibly um uh, but you get this fever mindset and you start like I was having hallucinations and I'm sitting at the doctor's office and I'm waiting and listen, I don't go to the doctor. That's just not what I do. I don't get sick very often. I don't go to the doctor very often, but I was not getting well. So I went to the doctor. I actually went to the doctor twice last week, which made my wife panic because I don't go to the doctor, but I was sitting in the doctor's office just waiting for him. Like I'd been seen by the nurse and waiting for the doctor to come in. I just sat there going, is this what it feels like to die? I mean, I was that, I was laughing. I was feeling, I was feeling absolutely miserable. I mean, miserable, but I was also having like hallucinations, like where you're not thinking straight. So there's a, but I remember thinking that, and it was of course not thinking straight because obviously I'm not dying, but it was the worst sickness and the, the most out of it I have ever felt. And I'm still recovering from that. I've still got some sort of lingering thing in my head. And I was telling you, Billy, it's like dealing, it's, 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 it's impacting me mentally. I'm not only like a little bit clogged and got this cough, but I'm also, I'm also like the room is spinning, but I also have like this funk that I'm living in that I cannot It shake. takes a long time. It takes like a good two, three weeks to get over that. But I, I feel, feel like, like if you were to cut open the base of my skull and get a long set of tweezers, you could pull out just like this little black marble or something. There's something in there that's taking everything and just going like that to me. And it's just, <laughs> my attitude is crappy. I, I like, 
it's just but how is that different from any other day but it is but it's put this film and fog over everything for me and i hate it and i can't make it stop because it's still there's still just some sort of bug in there that's just and it's driving me insane maybe it's because you're a terrible person this is god's way of punishing you (laughs) so that's why i didn't record last weekend that's why I didn't record last weekend. I look before the, we the reason there was there, no show last no, weekend. Listen, I uh-huh. tried. I tried to bring us a show. <laughs> I recorded it with Sarah Rivette, who stood in for you. We had a wonderful conversation, and somehow, really, there must be a technological problem because it, it can't be me. <laughs> That's the reason there's no show last weekend. Uh, isn't because one wasn't recorded. One was recorded. However, when Billy sent me the audio file, I say, I can't understand why this isn't working. I can hardly hear this somehow. And I don't know how you did this because I would have no idea how to make this happen. Rivette's portion of the show was totally on the left channel of the, of the software. And your portion of the show was totally on the right channel. And they didn't overlap correctly. And I don't know how you did that. And there was no way for me to move everything and get get everything to sound right. I And the reason that I decided, you know what, we're not going to post this because even if you could hear them correctly, people would be vomiting because they would be motion sick from all the movement <laughs> from ear to ear. Because I got, I was listening to it. I felt like I was, like I was sitting, remember, I don't remember if you remember when you were a kid, people who had those big uh, station wagons and they had the rear facing back seat, you know. And the kids, well, the kids no, in the backseat had a different fabrication from everybody else. But I wasn't born get, in the fifties. So I mean, no. that was that that backseat was created for projectile vomiting. I mean, that's guaranteed <laughs> car sick. And I'm like, I listened to what you record. I'm like, I'm getting motion sick just listening to this. So I decided not to post that. And that would You're be a why. Terrible there's... person. You're a terrible person. But yes, I, I look. I tried. So Rivette was very upset because she's trying to come up with a baby name. Isn't that right? And weren't you guys taking some sort of poll on a baby name? Oh, yeah. It's all she's talked okay, call about. Her. You want to call As her? As though it's important to name a child. <laughs> call her because she wanted us to talk about this. My God. she Honestly, this is her way. By the way, people missed a good show because she had some crazy things to say. Well, I want to no hear them. I, I think that there's some of that stuff that's worth putting out there. Do you want to call I her? I don't know about, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm trying to find her number. All right, let's see. Here. I told her we might be able to give her a call. I'm so today. pissed that we're not starting with Donald Trump. Oh yeah, we'll get into Trump later. Trump and the po- and the popester. Yes. Oh my, you I, he, that guy is a piece of work. Who well, are ta- who which are you one, the Pope or Trump? To? Exactly. <laughs> I'll let you decide. Let's see if she picks up. Oh, her in-laws are coming into town, so she might be scrambling oh, to get ready right, for that. Yeah, it's, I hope so. I hope so. I hope she's drunk. I mean, not for the sake of the baby, but. Hey, you've reached Sarah. Sorry. I'll leave a message. Can leave a message? Please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. I like falafels. I like falafels a lot. What? You erased the message? No. It just said message or right. Oh, just whatever. Do they not register yelling about the waffle? I don't know. Okay. So anyway. All right. She's we'll, gone. We'll try again later. Maybe. All right. So, okay. So let's let's skip the Rivette thing. We'll, if she picks up later, maybe we'll be able to get to her. Um, 
but what so what, what, what would you say you want to talk about I've, i'm see i'm totally out of it i'm donald this, this trump still, oh, yeah trump what Why are, ass clown <laughs> yeah so you're unhinged today oh, i'll and, tell and you I and think... you and i had a very good discussion and we're going to play this interview later about trump but we did oh. we did but i think i think we need to have another here's the thing we have an actual actual discussion about him an actual discussion about it because and it was part of an interview that we did which we'll talk about after but Donald Trump, it's this was one of those situations yesterday where you hear something and you're kind of like you just sigh because you're like I don't know who to be more angry with. Right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I should be mad at the Pope or if I should be mad at Donald Trump like, or if I should be yeah. indifferent or if both of them are just out of control. I I can't. And and what I'm referring to is the Pope's comments about uh, <laughs> Donald Trump's immigration stance and and in particular. The wall Read and the all quote. Of that. What's the quote from the from 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 the popester that he said about the the wall thing? So the the quote, and I think this is important because people are reading the quote, but they're not reading right. what was said before and after. Right. But, so but let's set, set we'll, let's start with the quote. Um, he said, the Pope said, a person who thinks only about building walls wherever they may be and not building bridges is not Christian. This is not in the gospel. Which is okay. Which is incorrect. Now, it may be possible that what the Pope is talking about here, and let's be fair, is is a metaphor of building bridges and right. communicating and loving one another and all of that. And that the over and I have a friend who texted me about this and said, Well, I think he's talking about the overall tone of what Trump represents in terms of immigration banning Muslims yeah, and all the, of that. The Pope, who, which, the Pope oh, who is just at the U.S. border criticizing our border policies. Right. right. So, and that's where this, I think, unravels a little bit for those who, who would say that. Who because make, Listen, it, listen. Who make excuses for the Pope all the time. Now, this person actually, I don't know their, their faith background, but I don't think they're Catholic, which was interesting. It's it's but, amazing what gets excused by my conservative Catholic friends when the Pope when popes come out and say things you're like I'm not sure that's right, 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 well, and, it, and it runs counter to the things that these Catholic friends of ours have always said, but because the Pope said it and he's infallible, we gotta you know we gotta go with it. We gotta we gotta make excuses. Well, and I'm trying to pull up the transcript right now um, because I think that's important because that that statement about not being Christian, and I actually have it right here, it was in response to a to a quote a question from a reporter. And that question, right. let's see here. Okay, the question was uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna get it. Okay. Um Today you spoke. This is okay. Today you spoke very eloquently about the problems of immigration. And this on is a the reporter. Other side of, this is a reporter, right? Reporter. Okay. Yep. On the other side of the border, there is a very tough electoral battle. One of the candidates for the White House, Republican Donald Trump, in an interview recently said that you are a political man, and he even said that you are a pawn, an instrument of the Mexican government for migration politics. Trump said that if he's elected, he wants to build a 2,500 kilometers of wall along the border. He wants to deport 11 million illegal immigrants, separating families, etc. I would like to ask you, what do you think of these accusations against you, and if a North American Catholic can vote for a person like that? Here is how the Pope responded. Thank God he said I was a politician because Aristotle defined the human person as animal politicus. 
At least I am a human person. As to whether I am a pawn, well, maybe. I don't know. I'll leave that up to your judgment and that of the people. And then a person who thinks only about building walls wherever they may be and not building bridges is not Christian. There's that quote. This is not in the gospel. As far as what you said about whether I would advise to vote, or, and then he goes on to talk about that he's not going to tell people where to vote and right. how to vote. Right. But that was a very specific question. Now, in fairness, the, the piece about deporting people, the Pope didn't really address that it sounded like unless yeah. that was the building bridges piece of his statement yeah well and so 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 and then trump comes out and says you can't you can't call me not a christian how how dare faith people lead and say that somebody's not a christian it's like dude it's okay that that didn't that doesn't bother me if you want to say donald trump's not a christian go ahead knock yourself out well i, I mean I don't in, care. in two corinth in two corinthians one eleven teen it okay, says so somebody's somebody's inability to quote scripture is not a disqualifier from their for their christianity right no, well, and, no. and christ says you know god says you can't judge the heart okay i can't judge the heart i don't know donald heart donald's heart and when he dies i don't know where he's going to go okay that said i can judge his fruit and the way he speaks and the way he talks and the things that he advocates do not lend itself to me to say, yeah, you're a Christian. Well, this goes Theory. into, and I don't want to start a whole fight, um, but this this goes into uh, certain writers who I've said, and I'm not comparing them to Trump, but I don't like their tone. I feel like their tone does not align with how we should be talking as Christians. And, and I do think there's a level of that, but with Trump, it's a whole other level of sort of this nastiness that yeah. people see. Well, his nastiness is just... And, and my and my conservative Christian friends who back him up and support and and again we had an interview with uh, with uh, Susie Meister about this later that we're going to play Claus. that's really that's <laughs> that's really really good by the way you want to stick around for that I I have a problem with my quote angry conservative evangelical friends who are all over Donald Trump because he's saying the angry things that they don't dare to say and it's like that's not okay what he's the, and, but. But even sillier in all of this argument, I thought the I thought the Popester was totally, totally out of line in what he said. And read that quote again about the building of walls. Can I wait? Go ahead. Give me an Go outrage ahead. of the week. Give me an outrage of the week right now. Introduce it. All right. <clears throat> I haven't done this in a while. I got to get the pipes going. Me 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 me. Billy Hallowell's. Outrage of the week. Wow, that was like the best one you've ever done. Thank you. um, I thought here's so. my here's my outrage on this. Here's what upsets me about this. We we want to talk about compassion and building bridges and all these different things. Well, what about the people who are on the other side of the border, Americans who are afraid, the crime that pours right. over, the notion that drug lords can pass through, that people can come through the border? There should be a level of compassion on the other side of this as well. It's a complicated issue. there, yes. And I do think a lot of conservatives do fail to understand. And I'm not saying you have to say it's okay to legally cross because right. it's not. Right. But why people do that. There are a lot of people who are really trying to escape some pretty awful conditions and make a better life for their family. And that's why they're making that. Yes. Now, that's a separate issue. But but this this failure to acknowledge if you're asked a question and you're going to step into the political arena, you probably should address the other side of that debate as well. Exactly. Instead of, you know, only standing at the border and criticizing border policies. I, this is what bothers me about it is yeah. that it's very one sided. And, and that is a very political place to stand. And the Pope has every right to stand there. Right. But and maybe I'm missing things. I'm not seeing things he's saying. But from my view, I'm only seeing one side be represented here. Right, right. now, now, now. to be fair, the Pope is... The, the, okay, so my I had a criticism, as you know. The second that the quote came out and you sent it to me, you're like, what? And I, I immediately wrote back with what? 
I mean, like within seconds. I don't a, even a remember. A certain name from the Old Testament. Oh, ne- yeah, Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You brought the, that the, up. The second, the second that statement was out there, I'm like, uh, Nehemiah? Because... And and here's and here's where okay so I give my my Catholic friends who are making excuses for the Pope on some of the silly things that he says and, and maybe they agree with him on this stuff that's fine. Uh, the the caveat I give to them is you know Catholics don't read the Bible so they wouldn't know whether or not. <laughs> oh that's, boy, that's the running joke. You're stepping on a landmine. Anyway, so my Catholic friends who my Catholic I should say my Catholic friends who don't read the Bible. Uh, don't know any better, but the Pope should know better. Now, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he hasn't read the Old Testament. But the Pope came out and talked about how, how you can't build, just focus on build walls wherever they are, that that's not Christian, it's not in the gospel. Okay, now, to be fair, Nehemiah was before Christ, so obviously not Christian, but it is a part of the overall gospel if you can include the Old and New Testament. And the fact is that Nehemiah was 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 part of the, the Israeli people who were... Who were uh, stuck under the Persians, and he, he was a cupbearer for the king in Persia, for under Xerxes. And he served the king, and he served the Persian king. But he found out that the wall was down in Jerusalem. He said, God has told me to go back and build the wall. And his job was to build a wall. His job wasn't to build bridges or any of that. His job was to build the wall for God's people. And the cool thing is, and here's the thing that the Trump, but he doesn't, he has no biblical knowledge, so he wouldn't point this out, but Trump ought to point out, um, Nehemiah was told to go build a wall. Oh, and by the way, Nehemiah got the Persians to pay for it. Just like, you know, Trump is talking about, I'm going to get the Mexicans to pay for it. He's not going to, but get the Mexicans to pay for it. Do you understand? Nehemiah and the building of the wall, he so sold the idea of the wall to the Persian king that the Persian king gave him the resources to build the wall. And yet, well, they- and yet, and yet the Pope comes out and says, well, that's not in the gospel. What do you mean it's not in the gospel? That's just silly, silly man. Well, I think I think the problem here, too, is that you have you you have a situation that is so fiery, so political, such a major issue in America right now in, in an election year. It's like you need to speak with a little more care unless your intent is to jump into it. I, and and look, nobody, everybody feels for these people who are migrating, these migrants who are trying to get to the oh, – yeah, I, I feel absolutely. for them. I oh, under, sure, I can, can't imagine. It would be awful. I mean I, they're trying to – I don't blame – I listen, as much as I hate illegal immigration and I think that a wall is not a bad idea, though I disagree with Trump on his tactics – I get, I understand they're coming here because they want to escape the evil that they're living in. I don't blame you for wanting to come here. The problem is we can't, there are rules and laws for a reason. Right. And, and, you know, I, I don't, I mean, what's the solution to this, right? I mean, it's one thing to critique and, and, you know, go after Mexico and the U S over this issue, but what, what is the solution to it? We don't really seem to have one. The solution would be make those countries better, make them quote unquote great again so that they're not having the, the, this mass migration, but nobody really knows how to do that. And so we can sit here and critique and jump into these political conversations, but it doesn't do anybody any good. I just think going after I, it was almost actually, in, in a way, it's sort of a slap in the face back at Donald Trump, which is sort of strange for me. We all make mistakes. Look, yeah. I'm not perfect. Yeah. But it's almost like the Pope, you know, this journalist presented, here's what Trump said badly about you. Now, what do you have to say back to Trump? Yeah. And he engaged in that. Right, which is weird because this, one of the things I have, now I called him a silly man, and that's not that's not fair. There are a lot of things that this Pope has said and done that I 
have a lot of appreciation for his, treat, his treatment of people who are sick and ill people who are outcasts in society and he just grabs them and he loves them i think that is a good thing that is a yes. good thing and more christians ought to live lives like that i absolutely think he lives a christian life what was weird to me was the fact that he actually offered a response to that question okay somebody posed that question his response because i thought he was wiser than that I kind of thought, well, why, why, why isn't his response like, well, it's American politics. He does things differently than I would do it. And, and the fact is, I understand, you know, wanting to build a wall to keep people safe. But at the same time, I also believe in building bridges and, and come out and say, this is a metaphor, right? I'm saying it, we can't just focus on walls. Walls provide safety. Yes, we have them at the Vatican. But we also have doorways. We also have bridges. And we build and believe in building bridges in order to help people who are seeking help. And I think that would have been a wise response on his part, and I could have applauded that and probably largely agreed with it. Well, the funny thing is those pictures, actually, there was a Times piece about this today, of the wall. They're at a museum on the on the property of the Vatican. The entire Vatican is not closed in like oh, everybody's no, no, been no, saying yeah, it the, is. Whole thing's, the, thing is not, the whole thing is not enclosed. Right. There are, there are so, walls. There are walls. Totally, yeah. I mean, right? But if they wanted to enclose parts of it, that would be fine. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, it's your I nation. Do what you want. It's so strange. It's just so strange to me. Now, there was another strange part um, of this as well, and it was what seemed to be a backtracking on this. Um, by? By, by the, the Pope, after he said it. The, Pope's, um, wait, the Popester. He's the Popester. The Popester. I'm the trying Popester. to find the actual quote, um, because he almost said, well, we have to, we have to wait and see if um, this is something that Trump really did say, right? If this is something he did say, well, then it wouldn't be Christian. It was almost like he was backtracking on it. And I thought it was so strange just right after he said it, which makes me think maybe he thought, huh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Or somebody whispered in his ear and said, hey, that wasn't, you know, you need to backtrack on that. That would not have been the best thing to say. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'm trying to find it because it was so, we have to read it. It was so good. Um, Let's see here. We have Trump's response. Okay. So after Pope Francis reiterated his criticism, he said, quote, I say only that this man is not Christian if he has said things like that. We must see yeah. if he has if he said things in that way. And in this I give the benefit of the doubt. Well, it seems like you either have no clue what Trump has said or you're backtracking. Right. Maybe. That would have been the smart thing to say at the beginning. Right. Like, okay. Assuming that he's saying that, I, said, I don't have any idea if he said that or not. Right. And, and he could say, I can't judge Maybe whether he's a know. Christian. Right. And uh, anyway, it was just, it just was so, it was a step in, it was a step on it that the Pope didn't need to, to have. Right. Yeah. It's weird. I, I can't, I mean, it, it, if anything, it helps Donald Trump, I think. Oh, absolutely. Especially in South Carolina. Are you kidding? South Carolina people who are conservative and want the border sealed and want, you know, to protect this nation and are what? 4% Catholic, maybe? Do you understand? And, and that's the amazing thing is, uh, like it or not, areas that are extremely Protestant and extremely conservative evangelical aren't big fans of Catholics, of the Catholic Church, of the Pope. Right, right, which right. is why I think the they like, is. They like They like when the Pope comes out and says pro-life things, Right, they 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 like those kind. Of, they'll 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 copy and paste those messages into their emails to their weird friends all the time. <clears throat> but for the most part, there anything that comes out is like, oh, the Catholics don't like you. That means I probably should. I mean, to be to be totally fair and frank, 
Can we talk about what Franklin Graham said, which yes, I love? Yes, I want to. I want to know what it is. I haven't seen the story. Yet. I've been so caught up in all this other. Franklin garbage. Graham um, basically said that the the Pope should re- quote reach out and build a bridge to Donald Trump, and then he said, "You don't know Pope Francis where he's going to be in a year from now." <laughs> basically like watch yourself because if he's president you guys might be trying to get along a little yeah. bit better than you are right now yeah. um and look i i don't mean to, to diminish the pope or be disrespectful i just think that it was a strange commentary it was really in the middle weird. of it's almost like there's yes we make mistakes and that may have been a mistake but there's certain things you know to avoid Right, going yeah. into a conflict. I don't. Yeah. I think it was an intentional response, or maybe Absolutely. there were. Oh, yeah, of course, well, it was intentional. But I mean, that's why he was there in Mexico. Well, he and also he lost his agenda. temper the day before, which people were also trying to say didn't really happen. You know, he def- and, and actually, I would defend the Pope on this. Lost his temper and and yelled at somebody and said, "Don't be selfish." Twice shouted yeah. it with his hands going, "Don't be selfish," because he was pulled over onto a, uh, a guy in a wheelchair. Hmm. Um, and and, and it, there was nothing wrong with his response, right. but I'm just saying he had a bad couple of days of PR. That's the bottom line. <laughs> All right. What do you think about we take a break and we come back and we, we, we talk about this interview that we've got with Susie? Yes? Yes. And then we'll play the interview and we'll take a break. And then there was another topic that you and I said we needed to get into. And then we'll close it out because that's to, the finale. That, that had to do with females. Yes. Particularly females who wear, wear rings that match our rings. Yep. So, okay. So let's uh, let's take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. Back to the church boys. So my friend Susie Meister and I couldn't agree. Susie, Susie Meister Meisterburger. Meister Claus. Uh, Susie Meister and I, I just love her name. You may know her from MTV. She's been on like a million MTV shows. Uh, Most of the challenge, those challenge shows where the real real world and road rules people come together and they battle it out. So she's like been like a champion on those shows. Um, I don't I don't even know. I think she's been on eight or nine of them. Um, but we could not disagree on more topics if we tried. We are sort of polar opposites, but we've struck up a friendship over the last few years, and I've done interviews with her in the past about her faith. She grew up in evangelical, um, in, a, in a very Pentecostal home, um, and has really gone from being a Republican, and you'll hear sort of just how embedded in the Republican Party she was, right, right. to being a Democrat and a liberal uh, who is sort of a shadow of her former self, at least yeah. ideologically. And we had her on the show, and we had a great, I mean, it was like a 40-minute conversation. Yeah, it was, well, it was good. Um, it's really good. And it's, yeah. And you're going to hear, when you, when you listen to it, you're going to go, this is just like an extension of the show. Yeah, it was that kind of an interview. Like, she had her own mic, and we just sat and we talked. And we had a really yeah. good discussion. It wasn't even really a debate. In fact, we and we, t- we disagreed without debate. Yeah, it was really good. It's I I thought fascinating. And as as if I were a listener of this, I don't listen to what we do. I just do this. Uh, much like my wife, I don't listen to what we do. <laughs> Which is why we can have the conversation we're going to have after the interview. <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was I thought it was interesting because she was just very open, and we were all very honest about where it is we stand on on our faith and our politics and what it all means. But it's just. It really, it doesn't come across so much as an interview. It's just more an extension of the show, almost like she was co-hosting with us. She was really good. She's very, and she's very, she's got a great voice. Well, she has a podcast too that we need to invade. We do. We need to take it over. We do. And I heard she's got some sort of like sissy commie co-host over there. Is that right? Uh, Another person from MTV, actually. Oh, one of those. Yeah, so. No morals, no brains. 
Oh boy. <laughs> oh, but what's so funny about that is Susie's got a PhD in religious studies. Oh, no, she's like which, super smart. Which is what ruined her. No, I'm kidding. But it's what changed <laughs> unlike, her unlike into us, a liberal. Unlike the two of us who have like room temperature IQs. She's super smart. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> right. Below zero IQ. Um, all right, let's just roll it. Hey, it's the Church Boys, and it's Billy Hollowell and Chris Field. And this is funny because about one time a year, I feel like I convinced Susie Meister, <laughs> Dr. Susie Meister, to come on Doc. whatever podcast I'm doing. And for the past year, and hopefully for the next 20 years, it is the Church Boys. And so, Susie, welcome to the Church Boys. Thank you so much for having me. Wait, so, doc, wait, wait, wait. Doctor. Do- yes, Dr. Dr. Meister. She has so, her PhD. Well, you didn't tell me you had highfalutin friends, Billy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have one highfalutin friend, okay. clearly. Welcome, to, um, well, welcome, Susie. Thank you. Well, college, I mean, like going to school to get her doctorate is what made her a liberal, right, Susie? That's right. That's what I recently revealed in a in a piece I wrote. So that's why Billy's harassing me to come on here. Right. And I know that because we've had our debates and our just and look, sure. Susie and I agree on almost nothing, but I really love Susie and I and I appreciate her and I respect her and we're friends. And I think actually I think it's great to have friends who you disagree with. Now, Susie, do you have a lot of people in your life outside of me who are kind of polar opposite of you? Yeah, because I grew up Pentecostal, so a lot of people that from my, um, you know, growing up life are still my Facebook friends and stuff. And you actually, um, on Twitter, whenever I want to craft a joke or whatever about some topical thing, I go to your page to see what you're saying, and then I work backwards. It's <laughs> actually true. What ridiculous thing is Billy talking about that I can ridicule? That's oh, cool. every once in a while, Susie will piss me off, and, a tw- and I'll say, Susie, what are you, like, I hate this tweet, and you're like, leave me alone. Why are yeah. you bringing this up? Because I mean, that does you, happen. You, It's your job to be sort of the voice of that point of view that I disagree with now, so it's help- you're, It's very helpful for me to kind of <laughs> <laughs> see what you're saying. So if you go to if you go to Susie's Twitter account, which we'll link to in in the story where we embed the show, you can actually just see that all of my tweets are being reversed and mocked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's well, you you want to you want to see our I'm our group to chat. Mock you, no, I know, oh. I know. Um, I okay, am. I have to. We have to start here because we're going to get into your whole story. We should probably and, have the reason that we're all having Susie on, other than yeah, just I mean, to have we her. We have pile to talk on. about it, but we can't possibly talk about anything else aside from Donald Trump right now. We have to start yes. with Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Don't you like Susie? Tell me your thoughts and your feelings and emotions on Donald Trump. You know, my mom a year ago or more said she loved him, and she's still a uh, devout Pentecostal. And so I should have realized when she said that that this was going to be a thing because she's usually a good barometer of what is going to (laughs) happen. And she's like a prophet. And so, uh, but I really didn't think, I thought she's out of her mind and look where we are. And I cannot believe it. Now is your mom still hardcore want to buy a Cadillac kind of humming a humming a Pentecostal? I mean, is that where she is? Yeah, well, she's never going to buy a Cadillac, but she is a <laughs> prosperity gospel. Uh, no, 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 want to buy a Cadillac. I'm talking the whole tongues thing. Uh, it's just me oh, giving, yeah, yeah. giving my friends a hard time. For sure. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, you know, it's what's interesting to me, and I actually have a theory on this, and I want you to respond to it, Susie, and then we'll get into the real reason that we're having you on. But I feel like, and you'll, you'll probably disagree, but after two terms of a president and a government that was sort of the polar opposite of the previous president and government in so many ways of this notion of in, in so many people's minds, political correctness, that there was mm-hmm. so much of that and people feeling sort of a lot of people sort of disenchanted with that. 
I think evangelicals and Christians are seeing somebody who doesn't necessarily represent their values in terms of his past beliefs and his past actions, maybe, and his marriages mm-hmm. and all that, but who is saying things, even if they don't agree with those things necessarily, he's saying things that they believe he believes, and it's sort of refreshing to them. And I think there's an element of that, but I still can't figure it out because it sort of breaks every barrier of anything we've ever seen with evangelicals in politics. Yeah, I I agree with you, actually, because I think I was reflecting back on when Obama first went into office and this sort of idea of hope and change or whatever. And I think that this situation we're in now is a direct response or reaction to the last eight years, for sure. What do you do if he's elected president? (laughs) There's no way, right? I don't know. Look, Uh, I actually, I told Chris my theory earlier. I think there is a way. And I think that Donald Trump absolutely could become president. He's, everyone says there's no way he could be. He's only four points away from Hillary Clinton, which sounds like a lot, but could easily be fixed during a general election cycle. I think so. He's not that far behind her. I think people are going to start to realize what the electoral college is and, oh, and delegates. Yes. Like they don't have to do anything. Right. You, you know, so yeah. I think there's going to be some establishment shakeup with the delegates. That's are you like I'm a thinking. Bernie Sanders girl? I don't mind him. But are you I, like, I, who I'm do you like better? Who do you like better? I like Hillary better, but I, I like him. I think, you know what I like about him is I don't think that he lies as much as everyone else. Yeah, I agree. Totally. You know, he's not, I don't think he's lying. That's a nice thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's and in fact, I think we've seen a lot of conservative commentators say we don't agree with him, but, you know, we think he's honest and saying yeah. what he believes, which, yeah. which yeah, I think he's you earnest. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually what concerns me most about Trump is that is not so much what he says, but the fact that it's changed so much over time. And I'm fine. I've changed so, so much over time. So I'm not against evolution or flip flopping. Right. But I just think, is he telling the truth? Does he even believe this stuff? I don't right. know. I think he's saying whatever he needs to say right now to rally yeah. the base, and well, we'll probably have a total. If he if he is the nominee, he will have a totally different, I think, um, aura about himself when the general election comes. He's going to have to reverse a lot of what he said. I don't know. Yeah. But I think if anybody could do that, it's Donald Trump. I yeah. don't know anybody else who could possibly do it. That's why I think I think it is possible. I think it's totally possible. As bizarre as that sounds, and, wow! And I the, hope it's not. And the thing about Trump that I find, and I, Billy and I were talking about this earlier today too, uh, off air. And and that is that there's a part of me that wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow he comes out and goes, you know, I'm bored with this <laughs> yeah. and I'm just done. You, then not that I expect that because he wants to win at everything that he does and he can't he can't abide the thought of losing. I th- that that speaks against him doing that. But there's a part of it, his personality is so quirky and so <laughs> strange that that it wouldn't it's not what I expect, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me if tomorrow he just said, you know, I'm bored. I'm done. Here's why it would surprise me, though. Here's why it would. And I was saying this to Chris, and I could be wrong, but as far as I know, Donald Trump is sort of this absurd character that we all like to laugh at. And even beforehand, we like to watch him on The Apprentice and whatever. But but he really isn't somebody who fails at a lot of things. Yes, he's manipulated the tax code when it comes to different yeah. business things. But right. but mm-hmm. when he does things, he generally succeeds at them. And and I think that is something that nobody is really looking at here. I have I can't think of one thing. I mean, gosh, we, we're talking about a man who really doesn't have a lot of talent outside of being very terse, who has convinced us to pay attention to him for three decades. It's it's a fascinating case study. Yeah, it's disturbing. But but, <laughs> but look at what he did with Atlantic City. Like he just said, oh, I'm done. That's right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he still wasn't he he's still making money. He could still make money in Atlantic City, but he decided, nah, I'm done. 
Well, I mean, but Atlantic City's full. But I was just tires of kind things. of right. He did predict. He did pull out of Atlantic City way like way before anybody else did. And now Atlantic City is a disaster. It's basically closing down, yeah. from what I've heard. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. He kind of has a good pulse on some of these things, even though he's this character that we. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Anyway, Susie, let's talk about you being a liberal because so, that's. But that's I want I wanted here. to ask her one more thing about the about the evangelicals loving Trump thing, and maybe it's more of a statement yeah. from from my from my end, and that is, I, listen, I'm a, a, a as as you know, a hardcore right wing evangelical, right? But I'm not angry. I mean, we 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 play up the angry shtick on the show just for fun because <laughs> this is a stupid show, and it's you know, it's just it's for fun. But yeah. I'm really not angry. I mean, I don't live a life that's angry, but there are a lot of people out there are angry. And, and you even see it like we'll do live chats and live Twitter thing, not live Twitter things, but live blogging events for debates or election returns and that sort of thing. And you get these commenters on the blaze and other sites. It's not just unique to the blaze of these people who are angry and they they call themselves Christian and we're angry. And, and they love to they love to cite, well, Jesus turned over tables and he got angry. It's like, well, he yeah. got angry at the right time. You're not Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. Jesus got right, you know, angry about, he, he did get angry, but he got angry about correct things and he handled it in the correct way. And that's very different from what you're doing and the things that, the way that Trump is going about, you know, using and abusing your pent up frustration. And then you turn around and make it Christ-like. And I just, I, I just don't think that it is. And that's where, you know, someone like me can, find some common ground with someone like Susie or, or, or my other left-wing Christian friends who say, you know, this anger thing is not it's not healthy. And quit trying to say that it's just like Jesus turning over the, the tables in the temple because it isn't. Would you say, though, you, you're not angry. Would you ever say, though, that you feel oppressed no. by secularism no. or anything? No, I refuse to feel oppressed. Okay. I mean, that's, there's Because I much... think that I hear that a lot. I feel like that's a thing I... that, you know, even with the Christmas time the married war on Christmas, all that stuff. Well, I don't. Well, I, you know, I do think that that I do think that that exists. I don't call it. You you say, do I feel oppressed? And I just yeah. I refuse to feel oppressed. That's something you either choose to feel that way or not. I don't. Mm. You know, do I think that there is a cultural battle going on? Yes. Do I think that? Do I think that Paul was right in Romans when he talks about we battle against not against you know flesh and blood against principalities and powers, and all these other things? But at the same time. He goes on to say, but that's not where our hope lies. Our hope lies in Christ. And when your hope lies in Christ and you live in that freedom, you can claim oppression all you want. You can claim persecution all you want. But the fact is, we've got a freedom in Jesus Christ. And Paul even went so far as when he wrote about, you know, respecting authority and respecting those in authority and God put them in authority. Nero was emperor when he wrote that. So Paul Paul didn't have use for you know, we feel oppressed and we feel so sad. It's like, no, you have freedom in Christ, so get over yourselves and get to work in the world and start winning people over to Jesus. And that's where mm-hmm. I that's where I've chosen to live my life. Okay. Yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting turn. You know, I mean, look, I th- and I think you're hard pressed to look at education overall, media overall, entertainment overall, and not see that there is a cultural bias right now in one direction, and there has been for a long time. I think that's where a lot of that comes from. I mean, think about it. In fact, your piece, Susie, about going to school and studying religion. I mean, mm-hmm. and I and I've gone through the public school system, got my master's in the public school system, so I've been through that system. And I think everybody re, everybody responds to it differently, and everyone has different views of, of how deep they think that bias is. But culturally, where people learn in society, the main places they learn outside of a church are pretty much embracing values that are sort of polar opposite of the church. So I think feeling that way. 
I, and I wouldn't describe it as oppressed either. I think there's a culture, cultural battle going on. And, you know, you, you pick which side of that you want to be on or you or you stay out of it entirely, which a lot of Christians just isolate themselves into these little Christian groups and they make yeah. Christian movies yeah. and Christian this and Christian that. And they don't really want to be engaged in that, which is not how I really choose to operate. But that's how some people do. I just yeah. I think it's interesting. Well, it's I mean, existed for thousands. It's existed for thousands of years before Christ. I mean, the, the people, the children of Israel, God's people before Christ dealt with that. I mean, that's just, that's what it was. And, and there's always, there's either, there's God's side and there's not God's side. And that doesn't mean Republic. I don't think that Republicans or Democrats, either one, have have it figured out which side is God's side, right? That yeah. I, I, I'd certainly, I certainly wouldn't say that the Republicans are on God's side. I, I certainly would never, never say that. Uh, I, think, I think a lot of people would. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of yeah. people out there who would say that. And, I, I, and, and more... Republicans and Democrats, more Republicans than Democrats, absolutely more well, Republicans fairness, than Democrats. Well, in fairness, Hillary Clinton's been saying this for, for the last two months now. She's suddenly, you know, a prophet of the Methodist Church. You but know, we barely I mean, heard about her faith last time around. We're hearing about it a lot. And I think right. both yeah, sides... I hate that stuff. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think it's really inauthentic when... Look, I will say this, and I agree with 100% of what you both just said. I think it's especially inauthentic when somebody who hasn't talked about it at all is now suddenly talking about it. I'll give those who have talked about it consistently, whether I agree or disagree with all the things they've said, I'll give it to them that, okay, they've been pretty consistent on this, right? Someone right. like Jim Wallace, right. who I don't agree yeah. with him on a lot. We just had him to the blaze. We actually had him on the show, did an interview with him. You know, I give him credit because he's been pretty consistent. But when it comes to yeah. candidates who haven't been, it's like, okay, Hillary, we get it. I'm not saying you're not a Christian, but like, come on. You know, it's, yeah. it's sort right. of a little bizarre. It's, yeah, it's using it for their own gain. But right. I, anyway, the Republicans I, do it too. Anyway, obviously. I say all that to say the 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 whole oppression against Christians. I mean that again that that quote oppression has existed for a long, long time, well before the United States ever existed, well before you know any sort of European migration to the Western Hemisphere. I mean it's it has existed for a long time because again it's God's side versus not God's side. I mean and that's and so it's a matter of where do, where do you fall on that and. And that's abused by by both political parties, but I would say probably abused by the Republicans more, way more than the Democrats. Oh no, def no, definitely. Um, Susie, why are you a raging liberal? What changed? I want. I, let's just <laughs> get right to it. And, and what led to you? And it's and it was put out. And you put out this piece a few days ago, and it's really it was really well done, right? Regardless of where where Billy or I stand on it, it was a very well done piece and very honest and and out there, and people ought to go read it. Um, Thanks. But explain why you wrote this and, and what, you know, what brought this about, this change. Well, the article itself was inspired by this election cycle because so much of what we're hearing is um, founded in this sort of idea of evangelicalism. And, and there's always talk of like, who are evangelicals going to vote for? Because they're such a powerful voting block historically and they can be easily mo mobilized. And that's so important. And so I was just reflecting on the way that I got my PhD in religious studies. And it wasn't as if it happened overnight or anything like that. But from the start to the end, I turned from a young Republican, literally, that worked on the Bush 2000 campaign and went to the inaugural ball to somebody who no longer identified at all with the religious right in particular. And I just wanted to describe that sort of evolution or devolution, de whatever, you know, people want to see it as. And I just want to be clear that I wasn't writing it as a prescription for people. I don't, I'm not saying I have the monopoly on the truth or anything like that. It's just that the Bible changed in the way that I saw it 
And the re- the parts that started resonating were about the life and um, uh, preaching of Jesus, basically. Right. Would you say, um, and I don't know how, how things have changed since the last time we talked about this maybe, but you know, when you think about the relationship with Jesus that you had in that quote unquote former, former life, right. Yeah. And where you are now. Um, and, and the whole notion of having this personal relationship, believing that he died for your sins and all that, where do you stand on those theological elements now that some of this has changed for you? Um, well, it's always been complicated and Billy and I have talked about it a lot because I lack the certainty that so many people associate with faith. Of course, that's the essence is that you you maybe don't have all the answers, but you take a leap of faith. And so whenever I was getting my doctorate, it was like being too close to the Monet where I just couldn't make sense between my head and my heart. Mm. So now that I've gotten some distance and I've had my doctorate for a couple of years, I'm able now to be more comfortable with the faith components and the, um, the heart element and not just intellectualizing everything. But I should also point out that, um, in the article I described that I was on reality shows on MTV and my character was sort of caricature really was this virginal Christian. So I think that my particular journey has been like, it, it's just been hyperbolized in a way because I was the television character and, and the shift seemed bigger than it maybe really was. Now, did you play up that character? I, I, I'm not an MTV person. I mean, that much. I I, yeah. I, I know the names, and that's a, that's about it. I just don't watch yeah. enough television. Um, did you play up that role on that show? I mean, the, the roles that you've had on MTV, have you played up that, that angle? I mean, was it something that, just like Billy and I will play up our outrage on this show for, for effect, did you play up that role for effect on MTV, do you feel like? Never did. I was 18. So I didn't even, I didn't even have the savvy to know that I should probably become a character. Um, and that was back in the day when they really did cast different kinds of people. So I really was a virgin and I really was, um, an evangelical and very sincere and devout. Um, and, but they emphasized it in their, um, editing process, but I was fine with that because I was really proud of who I was. And, um, but now the only thing that's really changed for me is just the way that it is interpreted politically. Hmm. Um, I would still identify as a follower of Jesus. I'm less comfortable with the term evangelical, but really that's just because of how people see it. Right. Um, and I, I just, I feel like we all kind of have to look at the Bible and think of it as we can't take it all. We all choose things that we emphasize that and other things that we de-emphasize, whether we admit it or not. And for me, I just started emphasizing the parts where, you know, to focus on poverty and championing the people that are normally marginalized. Okay. Where that gets and where the and we've talked about this before when I came on on your show in the in the past, you know, where that gets complicated is sort of you know, what does that play out into, right? Does that play out into the government doing these things? Does it play into, and I think there's a healthy mix, right? That you probably have to have on, obviously you have to have government programs that help people get back on their feet and all that. But this is like the heart of the debate. And I know, I mean, then you can get into, when you talk about marginalized people, you get into the whole gay debate, the transgender debate. These are the heart, this is the heart of all of those issues. But just to ask, and not to put you on the spot, you know, like when it comes to, 
sort of those central elements of, you know, virgin birth, Jesus dying on the cross for people's sins. You know, where do, are you kind of, where are you on some of those elements? I don't, uh, I'm not convinced about the virgin birth and, um, I'm not convinced about pretty much anything else, but I'm open to it and it could be possible. I just lack certainty, which I know for a lot of people means she's not a Christian. That's not what a Christian is, but you know, that's how I identify and, and I just am comfortable with questions of like, maybe that was, um, symbolic or, you know, something like that. Hmm. Um, oh, and I'm going to ask you one more kind of tough question, but I think, sure. I think this is I don't relevant because, well, look, I mean, I, I didn't get my PhD. I've gone to and a lot never, of college. And he I've never been, will. I never will. <laughs> not, not with two kids. There's no way it's ever happening. Um, I don't recommend kids, it either. Kids have nothing to do with it. But well, <laughs> um, you're right. It's it's the idiocy that I have. But you know, going through this, I mean, there are certain times where there are things that were challenged, which is great. I mean, you want to have your perceptions challenged. You spend, you know, I mentioned those three areas, right? Media, entertainment, and education. Yeah. And I think those are the areas where we learn most. You spent a lot of time in all three of those. I've spent yeah. a lot of time in two of those, but I've been a little bit isolated in the media one a little bit. Um, would you say, I mean, would any part of you say that it's possible that maybe being in whatever environment you're in, you start to sometimes believe what that environment believes? And this is the same for evangelicals. It's the same for churchgoers. You know, do you think that there's any impact on you in terms of your views, not necessarily politically, but theologically as a result of the time you spend in those arenas? I do think so. I think that we are influenced by that that which surrounds us, um, not necessarily in some sort of, you know, sneaky way. I just think that looking at, particularly education, looking at the Bible and religion in particular um, from a different point of view shifted things for me. But Billy, I also spent a lot of time in the church, both as a, you know, parishioner and then as a scholar, all of my research was at churches. And I almost feel like I had a reaction to what I felt were um, hypocrites and um, which, you know, people are human and so they're imperfect and I get it. Right. But also um, the judgment and the almost obsession with the two issues of abortion and um, gay rights. Hmm. And I, I just really reacted to that. Yeah, but well, that's a but that's a that's a political. I think that's a political reaction. And and listen, I I get it too. Listen, I'm I'm hardcore on both those things. I'm a right winger. It doesn't mean I don't love people or any of that. But it's but yeah. I too like we'll have uh, and and I've worked at various media outlets, not just the Blaze, and yeah. all all conservative. But there are times that as, as passionately pro life as I am, and you're not going to find anybody more pro life than I am. I mean, like I'm more pro life than the than the Pope. And I'm not Catholic. <laughs> Tell me what you mean when you say that. When, I mean, when you say, I mean, like, I, I have, I have zero exceptions for abortion. Oh my God. Now, now I'm, I am, I am pro, I'm pro contraception and that That's sort of thing. Good. But I just mean, because, because of the fact that I believe life begins at conception. Yeah, I, I get it. At least and, you're consistent. And I, ha I, then I have no, I have no, I can't make exceptions for it because to me, life is life regardless, wait, wait, regardless wait. of how with, it got there. Is the life of the mom? even with the life of the mom, because, and here, and here's why, and here's why, and my wife and I have had this discussion, and I should say, my wife's even more pro-life than I am, which is crazy, okay? My wife's, <laughs> my wife's, my wife makes Ann Coulter blush, okay? Whoa! <laughs> now, and I worked with Ann Coulter for five years, so I, I, I know what I'm talking about here, <laughs> but, um, 
on, on the life of the mother thing, we've had this discussion, and, and, and that is, and my wife has said this too, we play the odds. Listen, if, you, if I believe that life begins at conception, then if my wife is pregnant, there are two lives there. Yeah. Okay? If we have an abortion, that's 100% guarantee that one of them walks away, goes away dead. And, and, and that to me isn't okay because that is an innocent human life right there, mm-hmm. right? Even if, even if the doctors say, if we don't have, this, don't have this abortion, your wife will die, it's not 100% chance, right? But with the abortion, okay. there is 100% chance. And that's, and that's where my wife and I stand is we are just, when life begins at conception, it begins, regardless of how it got there, right? And regardless okay. of the, circ- the circumstances that surround uh, the, the next, the coming nine months, Right, mm-hmm. and that's and that's just where that's just where that's just where that's where we are. Yeah, I'm over here seething. But that is, but that is. No, based, I respect that opinion I, that I totally disagree with. But that's, but that's based totally 100 percent only on my love of what I believe is a baby from from conception, and that and that's okay. it. And it's I have no, I have. I I don't I'm not one of those rabid people who's out there marching. I I think that the posters that of aborted I babies that, do that. The, the posters of aborted babies <laughs> out there are are uh, are inappropriate. Um, but but that doesn't mean that I think that their hearts are in the wrong place. I just don't think it's appropriate. Well, but the best way to deal with I'm it is wondering. to love. The best way to deal with things is to love people. And I believe in loving people the way Jesus did. So like in your piece, you talked about. Jesus hung out with, you know, hookers and tax collectors. Yeah, exactly. And so do I. And I believe in impacting their lives the way that Jesus did by hanging out with them. I don't think you can I don't think you can uh, just cast them aside. You have to you have to love them. That's why you know, as Billy knows, we spend a lot of time and money my wife and I investing in the lives of young adults and teenagers because that's where the impact is. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't advocate government organizations doing things and more government programs for things. I advocate the church doing it. Because mm-hmm. I believe, as, as James wrote, he says, good religion is three things. One, you reign in your tongue. Two, you keep your corrupting influence of the world out. And three, you take care of the helpless. Widows and orphans, he says, but take care of the helpless, the people who need help. That's it. That's what good religion is. And it's all based in what he called a royal law, which is, which is God's law, which is summed up in love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Essentially, love God most, love others more. If you live that... There's your religion, and it's good religion. It's based on a faith in Jesus Christ. And Paul writes in Galatians, the only thing that counts, the only thing that matters, when it all comes down to it, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. And that's it. And that's where we've chosen to live our life. And it impacts everything that I, for me, it impacts everything that I do, whether it's the abortion argument or the gay rights argument or this stupid podcast. Everything has to do with the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. And can you have fun and, and give people a hard time sometimes in, in love? Absolutely. And at the same time, you got to be able to turn around and pray for that same person and spend time on your knees living a life th- that says, I'm sorry and I, and I love you and I'm going to pray for you, but you're wrong on this. You know? So anyway, that was my little sermon and I'm done. Yeah, that was like a revival. We got a revival going on at the church boys there. But I no, mean, that's, I mean I, but that's where but that's where I live. That's where I choose to live my life. That's why I don't ever. You asked about do I ever feel oppressed? That's why I don't feel oppressed. If you live in that space, those that Jesus showed to people when he said, "My yoke is easy and my burden is light," and you stop trying to tell kids and other people, being a Christian is so hard. If you stop telling people it's so hard to be a Christian and quote for them what Jesus said, "My yoke is easy, my burden is light." Everything else changes. And you said, oppression, what oppression? All I want to do is live for Jesus. And that's it. 
Well, I mean, I think that the idea of it being easy to be a Christian is um, questionable because, you know, taking up your cross is hard. Not, I not, think and if the sermons that I've heard so many times tend to emphasize the other people, problems that other people usually have, like being gay or having an abortion instead right. of things that maybe you struggle with or I struggle with. Right. Uh, and I, that is a problem for me, that de-emphasizing of things that are more universal problems. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't know that, but see, and I would say, and I think it depends on your church. I, my pastor doesn't really even focus on those things as much as he does the the more grander things that maybe most of us are dealing with. So, but I do think your critique is right. There are churches who who do that, and there are pastors who do that. Um, but you know, and and look, well, I and wanna, the religious right does. And if if we're talking about politics more than yeah. you know. The, the sanctuary, then right. uh, the religious right definitely does, and I think that the the idea of sanctity of life for the religious right is clearly a circumscribed category and mm. doesn't include like war and the death penalty and oftentimes children after they're born into this world, and that's a problem for me. That no, and that's that is a problem, and and if if Christians are going to be consistent and say we want the government to do less, then they need to do more and step up and do the things that they're supposed to do when it comes to take ch- dealing with children in poverty or or people in tough situations. And, you know, and we could go on and on and I could give example after example from Billy's life and my life and my wife's life of, of those things that we, that we do indeed do. But I, I, you pointed out, you know, they, you know, they, they talk about the abortion thing and the, these political hot topic things and the, and the problem, and that is a problem. Those are, but those are only symptoms because we, we continue to point out these specific immoralities when the problem isn't immorality, it's impiety. And, and when people in, in Ravi Zacharias says, you know, we, 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 we continue to focus on the fact that, oh, our, we have this godless country because we're so immoral. And the problem is we weren't, we weren't, the impiety doesn't come because we're first immoral, but the immorality comes, the immorality becomes because we're first impious. And, you know, I think that's an issue. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go, I could go on and on about this. I would say this. Yes, I think these things are issues in the church, but I also think that you know it's really easy for people outside of the church to be like, oh, you know, the church is talking about all these things. But the way I see it is, you know, the secular world is also talking about abortion. They're also talking about gay marriage. They just have a totally different view on it. And yeah, we can't not it's, just it's, talk about it. Well, I mean, like, you know, Hillary Clinton is with Planned Parenthood, and they've got a very specific mission on how they want to address the issue of abortion and women's reproductive health. And so to me, it's sort of like it's it's that clash again, you know, and it's easy for everyone to look at the church and say, oh, you guys are obsessed with this. And I do think, Susie, to your point, that there is in some churches too much of yeah. that focus just yeah. on those issues um, and not on other things. But, you know, when it comes down to it, and I'm not making this up, when you actually look at data and you look at studies— uh, people who are religious, people who are more on the conservative end of things, do donate more. They do give more yeah, of their time. Yeah, I know. Um, no, you're not making it up. But, but, yeah, you're like in your head. You're like you're totally usually makes things. Up. No, but, I've that's read not, that. And that's not to disparage liberals at all, because there are lots of very generous liberal people and and people who aren't Christians, very generous atheists, obviously even. Uh, but I I think all of this is is fascinating, and I'm I like your story in so many ways, Susie, because I'm fascinated to see like where. You even said the last two years things have changed, and and yeah. I'm just interested to see where you go with that and what happens you know next for you. And I always joke that if I'm not raptured beforehand, I'm going to try to get you back to the evangelical church. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this. Let me <laughs> let me ask you this, Susie. What's God working on in your life, Izzy? What is God working on in my is life? Is there something in your life where God's you? I mean, I know you you struggle with the specifics of you know, do I believe this or this? But I mean, you you uh, you acknowledge a God that 
that exists and I think would acknowledge that he's, he is, he is uh, interacting in man's affairs. At least he, he deals with man on a, at least on a one-on-one basis, whether or not he's picks Republicans or Democrats is, you know, is immaterial, but uh, is he working on you on something? I mean, is there something where you're like, this is something that God has really challenged me on that I need to re-examine whether it's moving from conservatism to liberalism or liberalism to conservatism, or just something like he says, Susie, I want you to spend more time dealing with, you know, you know, homeless six-year-olds. I mean, is there something in your life that he's dealing with you on? Um, Well, Billy can attest to this over the last year or so. Like, I am so involved in, this is what I do for a living. You know, I'm an independent scholar. I'm constantly researching religion. And and it was starting to make me angry. And Mm. I had to defriend Billy because I couldn't stand, (laughs) not him, but I couldn't stand what people would comment on his things. And it was making me really angry. And so that's the thing that I'm trying to work on now is that that doesn't align with what I describe in this article about the life of Jesus. He didn't walk around pissed at people that disagreed with him. I mean, sometimes he would get mad, but that wasn't his um, philosophical point of view. You know, it was radical love. And that is what I'm really trying to focus on right now. I really appreciate that. And I think I think we all have to do that. Like, look, and I think you and I had actually had a conversation about Planned Parenthood. We were talking about those videos. And, you know, I think we got a little bit annoyed with each other. And that's going to happen, you know, and and not annoyed. I don't know if that's the right word, but we disagreed. And I we all struggle with that, trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to I mean, look, I'm a conservative who lives in New York, who lives just outside of New York City. And (laughs) I have no conservative friends here and not a lot of Christian friends. So you but learning how to deal with that sort of pushback that you're going to get from the people around like, you. I was, I'm, I was starting to get sanctimonious about how other people were being sanctimonious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not appealing and it's definitely not what I want to be. And it's definitely not what Jesus modeled. And if that's the blueprint, which I believe his life is, right. then I, I was way off track. Yeah. This is why I love Susie Meister. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so, you know, Susie, to, to be fair, what Jesus modeled, the reason he called it, I think, easy is that, listen, if you sold out to me, he says, all the other decisions are easy to make. Okay, is the taking up the cross mm-hmm. thing seem hard? Yeah, it does to someone who doesn't have, an ex- have a life with Jesus Christ, that is hard. Yeah. That, that, that comes across as super hard. But yeah. I, I, think that, I think that churches, regardless of their political philosophy, do themselves a disservice when they're trying to convince people to be Christians and then say it's hard to be a Christian. And Jesus said, no, I he says, you, yeah. you know, sell out to me. And if you're sold out to me, the decision's already made. And that's, that's but don't you think Chris, like whenever you go to, I don't, what um, denomination are you? I'm uh Nazarene. It's very much okay. like the Methodist church, but a little more conservative. I mean, I'm, so maybe it's so. not this way for you, but in a lot of say non-denominational or just generically evangelical churches, yeah. um, there's this like casual situation that's going where everything is very seeker friendly and yeah. i think that's cool like i want i like the idea of yeah. welcoming yeah. people yeah, yeah. but what i think is a problem then is that people think oh my gosh this is great i don't have to do anything right. and i just come and it makes me feel all the feels and yep. there's no um idea of sacrificial love or right. or what what is required of me what what is god calling me to do right. I, I, know, I, I know. I totally. I know. I totally. I totally agree with you. And that's you know. I, I telling Billy uh, one of the one of the groups I teach for our church is a, is a, is a young adult small group on Tuesdays, and we're going through the Book of James right now. And James is like, okay, here's the how to manual on how to be a Christian. I'm going to hit you in the mouth with this multiple times until you get it. 
But faith without works is dead. So yeah. you have to have a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And it's you are saved by faith alone, but you are not saved by a faith that is alone, right? This faith has another component to it. And when you mm-hmm. believe this, it's going to look like this, right? So that's that's where we've chosen. That's where we've chosen to live. So Susie, you have to promise that you're going to come back on the show at yes, some point, please. even though we barraged you with questions. I love being about here. <laughs> no, I find you guys very inspiring. And you know, honestly, one thing that I will admit as well is that from um, the secular community, if you're a person of faith at all, even like because I, you, you guys would think I'm, you know, a heathen, but to them, I'm this idiot who has faith and it, they, they make you feel like you're stupid because yeah. then you're anti-science and which I'm obviously not, I'm a doctor. Right. And um, so I do think that when I am in those audiences, I tend to downplay my true, you know, spiritual life. And yeah. I don't want to do that either anymore. Right. Well, that's, and that's yeah. a good, I mean, yeah. that's, you know, there's a, there's a good thing for God to work on all of us for. It's like, stop hiding from the thing that you believe. And that doesn't mean you go out and you wear a Jesus t-shirt all the time, but you yeah. just, but you go out and you live like Jesus. And if people don't like it, you know, t- tough tatas, you know, as far as <laughs> I thought you were going to say they could pound sand, which <laughs> they is could like pound sand. That's my, that's my <laughs> thing. But, 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 but Jesus was very frequently misunderstood and who he was. And they gave him, you know, religious leaders, political leaders at the time said, I can't believe he hangs out with those people. He must believe the same things they do. He must have a life that's just unworthy or he must be stupid or whatever. And Jesus is like, you know what? I really don't care. I don't give a rip what you think about me. The fact is I'm here to do my father's bidding. And for me, as Chris, I'm here to do Jesus bidding. And I, you know what? If you mistake me for Jesus, great. I'm okay with that. I love I like it. That. Anyway. Um, well, listen, Susie. I we and by the way, Susie and I have been trying to put together this thing, <laughs> this like online debate show, Chris, that yeah. we will oh, have to talk to you more about. Oh, but I think fun. people would love it. So, people listening, if you would like to see Susie and other liberals and conservatives like Chris and I sort of debating on issues of theology, politics, and all that in the election year, let us know. Yeah, like from a faith perspective. Yes, yeah. exactly. So and it doesn't cool. even have to be. And and I think that. You know, debate sells, and if it bleeds, it leads, and people fight, and people yell and scream. But at the same time, I think there's something to be said for, you know, we didn't debate that much. No. We had a good discussion. I mean, it's like, what does your faith look like? Okay, let's talk about that. What does that mean? So. Yeah, I think if there's respect, which, uh, you know, like, I couldn't disagree with you more, Chris, but... <laughs> I respect that you're consistent and that you can tell me why you believe what you believe. And it's not just some rote script that you heard from somebody else. Cause that, that happens a lot it where does. people just oh, yeah. hear something and then they take it on themselves. Yeah. I don't like that. All right. No, it's totally true. Agree. All right. So Billy, I've been, I've been wanting to do this Billy frequently with, with every guest and we, we, I've been meaning to start it. So let's, let's start with Susie and see if she'll do this for us. Okay. okay. Would you just say, and that way we can clip and we can have a whole series of these clips. Hi, this is Susie Meister, and I never listen to the Church Boys. <laughs> sure. Okay, do that. I can do that. Okay. Hi, this is Susie Meister, and I never listen to the Church Boys. Perfect. The Church Boys. And now, back to the Church Boys. They're a real pain in my ass. All right, so you're. I'm glad you all listened to the show, and again, we're glad we're back. We're sorry, sorry, we're sorry we took the last week off, but there was things that beyond our control. Um, 
Uh, and th- and that <laughs> happens. We'll be on my control, totally within Billy's control, except totally his, within my his control. lack of competence. Other I know that. what I did wrong, and I'm not going to do it again. I recorded improperly. It was an improper recording. <laughs> so, but we're back now. But next week we've got some really and and this week we had some killer interviews. Like we had a uh, Joseph uh, Joseph Fines on talking about the the um about the Risen movie. If you go back, and if you're a regular listener to the show, you know this. It's in, it's going to be in your feed. But we've got a, several. Freefall Q and A interviews that are very interesting. Uh, but next week, Billy's heading off uh, to Timbuktu for some sort of silly little churchy convention thing, and he's going to have a bunch of very cool interviews there as well. Now, what is it you're doing next week, William? It's NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. And yeah. listen, this is actually one of my favorite things. <clears throat> it's once a year. Oh, I wish I were it's going. It's a full week, but I can't. I can't handle. A I full wish week. I was going. Uh, Man, that'd be so much fun. It, it is fun. It's it is a world in which there are tons of booths. You go into this giant room, tons of booths and every weird Christian product you can imagine, but also like really interesting stuff. Ken Ham go. Ken Ham is there with his display. There's bi- these old Bibles on display with the, the new Bible museum is going to be there. Is there a radio um, Mark row? Burnett, Roma Downey. What is there a radio row? Did they put up a radio? Row? I mean, it's the national. It's, it's the NRB. There ought to be a radio row. It's right? mixed in. Like it's okay. interesting. Like Eric Metaxas is going to be doing his show from there. I would love to um, do Which I'm actually going to go on his show on yeah. on Tuesday. Which we I'm ought excited to, about. We ought to do. We ought to do. It'd be nice to go, and we could set up our and we could do like a daily show. I mean, we could even do like three shows a day and just keep posting crap all the whole time that we're there. I'm telling you, we could do it. It'd be blast. I all interviewed right. Patricia Heaton there a couple of years ago. I mean, just it's it's a it's everybody in the Christian world who has a product to sell or something to promote, which is fun for us because we go. And I mean, I have people on the, and I can't say whether or not these interviews will all pan out, but the people on the schedule, Robert Jeffries, um, I mean, you can go down the line, Tony Perkins, uh, our, our friends, the bakers, Aaron and Melissa Klein, yeah, the, yeah, the embattled yeah. bakers who have been fined and paid all that money out. They, they, they're going to be, um, they're going to be selling their new line of gay wedding cakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, everybody is there. Ken Ham, like I said, we have an interview with him. So it is overwhelming. And in fact, I have a schedule where I app, it's insane from 8 a.m. until nighttime. <clears throat> every half an hour is booked up with either wow. an interview, a movie, whatever, a movie showing something. There's like every second is booked up. Right. Now, do you have anybody famous you can tell us you're definitely going to have that you can share with us? So Not at the moment. I mean, there's no, and th- this is the interesting thing. So Jennifer Gardner was supposed to, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say Mrs. that, but was supposed to be there the potentially. Ex, the but. ex Mrs. Beneflack. Yes. Yeah. Um, but will not be Devon Franklin, who I'm really hoping to catch up there. He made um, Heaven Is for Real, and he right. and he actually made the new movie that she's in. It's called Miracles from Heaven. Um, they're going to be showing that there. So yeah, there's going to be people floating around. A lot of times, it's like when you get there, there's more names. Oh, Matthew West. We're going to catch up with Matthew the West. No, while the non Grammy winning Matthew West. Uh, oh, you are going to hell. Tell him I said. And not even tell in him the I basket. I don't tell know. Him, tell him I said hello. <laughs> I will. I will. But um, I'm getting together with him. But yeah, so no, no huge like famous actor names this year, which so is far. interesting. But they won't announce that until you get there. Sometimes, yeah, like yeah, people. Yeah. You, you, this is why you have to be friends with publicists. They'll right. tell you, like, oh, so and so's here. You know, you, right. so that's yeah. how it works. But right now, a lot of pastors, a lot of interesting people you might not have heard of, but they have great stories. Okay, good. So I think it'll be good for us. So that said. Um, I wanted to ask you this uh, before we go. What's your wife think about you going on this little trip? <laughs> Billy and I have had some. Um, di- Billy and I have had some discussions behind. My my wife is the most amazing woman in the world. Um, 
but she's not happy. And th- this is so we you have, have to go our, do our your job. <laughs> what are you going to do your job for? I'm stuck here we with have the kids and you're doing your job. Of a complicated um, <laughs> arrangement and where we live in our schedules because my wife works and she and she's out the door on Mondays by four thirty a.m. and she's Ugh. out the door every other day by five. Um, because she has a long drive to work. So, you know, with that said, she picks the kids up at the end of the day. I take the kids to one kid to school in the morning and the other kid to my in-laws. So when I leave on a trip, every morning, yes, right. When I leave on a trip, it basically means that she has to move to my in-laws with the kids while I'm away on that trip Uh just so that they can help her get the kids. They take the kids because she leaves before the kids can, can go anywhere. Right. So, that we just did this a couple weeks ago for the prayer breakfast, so we're doing it oh, again yeah. now. Um, and my six month old decided to stop sleeping about a week ago, so we legitimate. I mean, we did not sleep at all last night, we were up every hour on the hour. And so, it of course, wives love to do this. Oh, yes, they pitch the fit over the trip at yeah. 1 a.m. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we're awake, we're awake, and the baby's up, so we might as well have an argument about this right now. It's <laughs> awake, and we're not going to bother trying to go to sleep. Um, no, and it wasn't an argument as much as it was. She's not happy about it. She's, she, she's, this is the inside life of Billy Hollywood. It's so riveting. But yeah, she, she's not loving it. Not feeling it. But wives, it's like... Hmm. How, I guess I love Andrea, and, so, and I fear her, so I'm just... Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> say anything, but... Well, she also, I didn't mention that she also has this very, it's like one day a year that she has to do this thing for work uh, and it's the day I'm gone. And she's course. like, what am I going to do if the kid, if the kids are up all night, this isn't fair to my parents. And look, and it's true. It's not, it, it but it's this is hard. your job. I mean, it's part of this. Is, she knew this marrying you and as your job has changed, this has changed. Now she might not like it and that's fine. I mean, I know she's not, I'm not saying she's blaming you because she's complaining about the situation, which I understand. It's like, oh, Right? It's just all these things pile up. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Travel has always been a point of contention. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, and and it, and it will continue. Look, marriages have these points of contention. So and I think they're fascinating. So here's what I think should happen. And I've advocated this for a long time. She <laughs> needs to quit her job. You're, you need to pack up your family and move out here. Yeah. You can have, there is a second master bedroom in this house. You can have it. Wait, so we're moving in with you. That's how yeah, this is shaking right, out. Exactly. Can you imagine how horrific that would be it for would be everybody, awful, for your whole family? My wife, to really would like, my wife would really like for you and your wife to come visit. Oh, yeah. And in fact, I think we are going to try to at some point. Really? Uh, now, does your wife ever annoy you, Chris? Is there ever? Nope. Never annoys me. <laughs> I, want to, I want to clip this, uh, <laughs> this segment out and play <laughs> no, it for her. No, there's nope, no problem. <laughs> so... I'm I'm scrolling through as you're, as you're talking. I'm trying to find because I was doing your the Andrea voice, which just sounds a lot like my um, Sarah Palin voice, <laughs> and I cannot find. Remember the 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 Sarah Palin post we saw the other day? Oh yeah, where is that? I can't find it. Hold on, I'll find it. It was on I'll Facebook. I'll find it. I'm on. The, I'm on because I I about hit the roof when I read this. Okay, I found. <laughs> the media piece. Well, it's a Facebook post that she made. Remember, because somebody posted it on our group chat just to let everybody know it was out there. But I can't find the link to the actual Facebook post that she made. I found it. Hold on, okay. I found it. 
Are you I'm sending send, it? I'm sending it to you. On text or email? Where, where's it coming from? Slack? Um, Text. I should open my text. Let's see. I think that's the one, right? Let's see. Come on. Where is it? I heard a ding, but it's not showing up here. <laughs> the ding heard a ding. I heard a ding. I heard a ding. You're not seeing it? Oh, here we go. You're incompetent. It's coming. It's just slow. On Thursday. What? Oh, here we go. All right. This is Sarah Palin's post. Should we do this? <laughs> I'm not involved. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing it then. So Sarah Palin wrote a post yesterday. Well, Thursday at 11.56 a.m. It says on Facebook. It's on her, it's on her Facebook page. And as we know, uh, Glenn Beck is supporting, has endorsed and is supporting uh, very adamantly uh, Ted Cruz for president. Sarah Palin has endorsed and is supporting very adamantly uh, Donald Trump. Uh, we also know that Donald Trump, our, uh, our boss, Glenn Beck, is not a big fan of Donald Trump. Um, Billy and I aren't necessarily big fans of Donald Trump. I like Ted Cruz. He's, he's, he's my favorite. Uh, he might not be Billy's favorite, uh, and that's okay. But regardless, here's Sarah's post. And I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do this. She has gotten more shrill over the years. And when she was tapped to be McCain's vice presidential nominee, it was thought of as a good thing. And people really, the left went after her and in, in ugly, ugly, sick and ugly ways. And at the time, we all defended, we on the right defended her a lot. And rightfully so, because there were a lot of very unfair attacks against her. And there are a lot of things... But the, the, lately, during this Trump campaign, as she has endorsed him and the things that she has said, you start to, there's a part of me that says, maybe the naysayers were right about her. Frankly. Because it really... So here's the latest post from Sarah blasting Glenn Beck. And again, I don't necessarily agree with Glenn on everything or whatever, but he is my boss. And I'm not saying this to defend him. I'm saying this because... Mostly because I want to, there's a part of me that just wants to mock Sarah because this is just so, this is so weird. So this is this, this is the post that Sarah posted and I'm going to read this here in, in, in Sarah's voice. Is that all right with you, Billy? Sure. Ted Cruz is Sarah's star spokesman and campaign partner, Glenn Beck, promises he will support a socialist versus the pro-life, pro-second amendment, pro-growth, pro-American champion front runner. <laughs> What's conservative about that? I can't. I can't take it. <laughs> Back would have chosen Hillary Clinton over the champion nominee. And even Hillary thinks Barack Obama's a pretty small guy as president. What's judicious about that? <laughs> I'm going to give myself a heart attack here. <laughs> Back claims his hatred. What? Back. This is just, it's just asinine, the things that are written here. Stop yourself. Beck claims his hatred for the American victims of 9-11, the innocent victims, mind you, not the evil terrorists. What's wrong about, honorable about, Beck proclaims his hatred for the American victims of 9-11? I mean, it's, it's asinine. Beck joins Cruz in inviting more illegals to break America's laws as the two lingers to greet illegal aliens. Illegal immigrants at the border with rewarding gifts of soccer balls and teddy bears. What's celebratory about that? 
I mean, it's... Beck is known for his continuous mocking of Americans who may disagree with his puzzling antics. Well, crying just last night, why mock me? What's consistent about that? Beck will go ballistic after reading this possible ramp of potential justified attacks against Donald Trump me by fitting you for acknowledging all this I've outlined in his own words. What's smart about that? Shut up. You just, you read this and it's just one thing after another and you think, Sarah, what has, what's wrong with you? It's, it's, I it's, guess I my, don't understand. And it's the my, same thing that we talked about with Susie, though. These people who have become these Trump supporters who are unhinged in their support of him. If he I doesn't win the nomination, there is no fixing this. Well, my concern is with her is that yeah, there, there's this certain aura of a person who is a vice presidential candidate, right? And I, I didn't have a problem with the Alaska reality shows and all that because I thought they were interesting and informative. I didn't really Whatever. care. But I think there's a there's a point where you say, I am no longer a politician and maybe she doesn't want to be. I am now a screaming commentator only. And I think that's the place where she is now. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... But it was I, outrageous. And I just, I felt like I told Billy, I said, maybe we need to have, we need to read this in, in Sarah's voice. So that's why we put that out there. That voice was quite... The voice, but does I she not? Am... Does she not sound like everybody's first wife? Oh boy! Well, you've only been married once, so is that what your wife <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds like? I don't think no, so. No, the, all that, all that said, okay. I was a big supporter of hers back in the day, absolutely. But I don't this, and it's not just Sarah. It's this unhingedness. And listen, the the, the anti there are Rubio people and Cruz people who are the same way. Who 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 think that everybody else is a friggin' moron, but and then they go out and write these kinds of things. Sarah, what you what you've written there? How does how do you fix that? When this is all over, a year from now, when whoever is elected president is elected president, where do we go from here? When you write that kind of garbage, it's idiotic. I think that this political season is going to be among the look the world is getting stranger and stranger and with it every institution is getting stranger and stranger and i think the electoral institution in america is bizarre right now it and is. i mean conservatives need to watch themselves if the, if your goal is to have a conservative candidate right or a republican candidate if and i'm actually not registered to either party but you really need to think hard about how you're reacting, how you're acting, what you're saying, what you're not saying, because it's a very real, real possibility that you could end up with the exact opposite of what you want. If, I mean, look, it looks like Trump's going to be the candidate. It kind of does right now. So people have to decide what they're going to do at that point. Are yeah. they going to sit out? Are they going to support him? A lot of that will depend on what happens in the summertime with, just, uh, with the vice presidential candidate and all that. But it just kills me to watch these, these things. It's like I'm seeing relationships that I've watched for a long time. There, this is irreparable. A lot of this stuff. I mean, I don't oh, know how you fix some of this stuff. Like the Sarah Glenn breakup here, this thing, I don't know. That's, I don't know how that gets fixed. No, that doesn't, it get doesn't fixed. get fixed. And some of the stuff that you see on Twitter and on Facebook, people that were have been allies for a long time, when suddenly his guy and her guy are the two main, and I'm not talking about Sarah and Glenn, but somebody who's a Rubio supporter and a Cruz supporter, these two people who've been on the same side of almost every issue all along, when their favorite candidate is, quote, lied about by the other guy, suddenly all of that other guy's supporters are effing morons too. And, well, and, and you, uh, what are you doing? 
Well, this is an I example of what happens when you put your confidence in man and not look. It is. Yeah, it's just it's fine with endorsing a candidate. That's fine. It's fine to choose a candidate. But I think there's a certain level where your support has gone into an obsessive phase of I believe this is the Messiah who is going to save all us from all of our problems. And I don't think any person can do that. I think conservatives love to put Reagan up there. And Reagan was a great president in many ways. Right. No one's perfect. Right. Um, and I think we need to have a healthy view of politics. I think what social media has done is it's given us a lens into what goes on that we weren't able to see before right. in politics. And, it, and for me, that means that I just don't really see people as being as clear and perfect as I once did. Well, and it's given everybody a voice and not everybody should have a voice. That's I was just going to say, it's also elevated too many people. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't have voices, about, but everybody's a commentator. I, I got criticized for a video that I put that I put up online, you know, of my kid falling asleep. I mean, you can't everything <laughs> yeah. you do yeah. Yeah. is scrutinized yeah. on social media now. I agree. It's insanity. It is. Well, but I just I. So, yeah. And it's. I just it kills me because you watch these like these Twitter fights like Ted Cruz lied about Rubio and this is obviously a lie and he's a lie and he's a terrible candidate I'd never support Ted Cruz oh and the people who are backing Cruz and making excuses for him they're horrible evil people too it's like what what's wrong with you what's wrong with you it's it's, it's just so it's so frustrating so frustrating on a positive note okay give me a positive note to end on. I think I'm going to eat pizza tonight. Yes. I'm going to order a pizza. You, my Italian brother from New York, is going to have some, right. a little pizza so. tonight. <laughs> so. While I while I reread Sarah Palin's Facebook post all night. And do it in over that voice. Do it again. in the voice, right? Hmm? Do it in that voice, too. I will. Okay. So uh, any words of wisdom for the people before we get out of here, William? Read your Hadith. And your Sarah Palin Facebook posts. We'll talk to you later. Have a nice weekend. I'll see you later. <laughs> bye. 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 Just gonna go ahead and ramble on and on and on <laughs> and on. I really have nothing to say. I'm just gonna ramble and just go and, and go and go and go. The Church Boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs>